1: Nancy
3: Grace is coming to Fox Nation.
1: I want justice.
3: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, available now, only on Fox Nation.
1: Coronavirus crimes are on the rise. Why? Crime Stories with Nancy Grace.
3: From an apartment parking lot, a Cape Coral officer heard panicked cries for help. As he approached the building, the screams grew louder. The officer says he spotted a man later ID'd as Joseph Newell straddling his victim with what appeared to be his hands around her neck. According to Newell's arrest report, he was intoxicated and told them the woman had COVID-19. But in reality, she was six months pregnant.
4: We are getting ready for
3: more calls. Jennifer Benton with the Abuse Counseling and Treatment Center says they're seeing a spike in domestic violence cases that could be linked to coronavirus.
2: Definitely, people are staying home, they're more agitated.
3: The center is open to all looking for help.
2: We have a hotline that operates 24 hours a day, that will continue. Uh, we have three shelters and they're open and they're staffed 24 hours a day. We are here
3: people. Especially now with growing concerns over COVID-19.
1: Cape Coral Police arrest a man they found beating, brutally beating a pregnant woman that he says has Coronavirus. It was Joseph Corey Newell, 24 of Fort Myers. He's charged with a felony, aggravated battery. Knowing the victim was pregnant, 1.06 P.M. Police dispatch for disturbance. They find a person in the parking lot claiming to hear screams. They go in and they find the pregnant victim on the floor, her face covered in blood. His excuse? She has coronavirus. Of course, she didn't. She's pregnant. She was immediately taken to Cape Coral Hospital. Pregnant, yes. Coronavirus, no. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. You were just hearing WBBH-TV, NBC2, Nestor Montoya speaking about that incident But the coronavirus crimes are on the uptick on a major, major way. Uh, We know televangelist Jim Baker is being sued for selling Silver Solution, claiming it cures coronavirus. Joining me right now, an all-star panel, Wendy Patrick, California prosecutor, author, Red Flags, at WendyPatrickPhD.com. Cloyd Steiger, 36 years, Seattle PD, 22 years, homicide, author, Seattle's Forgotten Serial Killer, Gary Jean Grant at cloydsteiger.com. Professor Forensic, Forensics, Jacksonville State University, Joseph Scott Morgan, author Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon. Renowned psychologist out of New York, Karen Stark at karenstark.com. But right now to Dave Matt, Crime Online investigative reporter. As it turns out, the Missouri AG has uh, filed a cease and desist on televangelist jim baker why dave mack nancy jim
2: baker was selling a solution on his television show called silver solution that he and a so-called doctor claimed was an effective cure for coronavirus totally eliminating it within 12 hours
1: you know uh, amazing to me to joseph scott morgan professor forensics we have taken a long, hard look at colloidal silver. And after I first came out against Jim Baker on this, I got a lot of heat online. A lot of naysayers mad at me for saying colloidal silver, i.e. silver solution, doesn't cure coronavirus and it's important to know that Missouri AG is coming down on Baker, not because colloidal silver hasn't been used for years and years and years to soothe skin ailments and so forth, but it doesn't cure coronavirus, does it, Joe Scott?
5: No, if it did, it would be, you know, widely distributed everywhere. And hey, if it is this miracle drug, Nancy, um, uh, why would you want to be selling it? Why would you wanna be selling it? Wouldn't you wanna have everybody have access to it so that everybody could be cured? Listen, this compound, over the years, people have claimed that it cures HIV. People have claimed that it cures shingles, herpes, eye disorders, all of these different things. And the main component is actually silver. And it is not an essential element for the body. It's, It's beyond ridiculous. To sell this to somebody. It's awful. Particularly people that are so vulnerable. Well, here's now. the
1: deal people that are watching, uh, to a large degree, televangelists on TV are the elderly in our population. They are the ones being affected by coronavirus the most. And so, you know, he's got a perfect pool of victims. To Wendy Patrick, California prosecutor and author. Wendy, here's my question. In light of the coronavirus pandemic, can any criminal action be taken against Baker?
4: Well, you know, the problem with taking any criminal action uh, in scenarios like this is you're going to have to find not only a statute that fits, you're going to have to find the right jurisdiction, but you're going to have to find courts that are open. You know, this is one of the times and probably unprecedented that we're asking these questions to try to figure out, is it worth our time to try to mount criminal charges against somebody who is definitely probably not going to be in custody, but can we make this kind of a case, particularly if there is an intent requirement? You see a lot of these cases being filed that, as you, Nancy, know, are specific intent crimes. So it's not enough to simply do or say something, but you also have to prove the mindset of the person that did it. But if we had a criminal
1: case against Jim Baker, what would it be? I would have
4: to go and look at the statutes very carefully to try to figure out what kind of misrepresentation type of crime would lie for something like this. That's normally the first place we would look if somebody is knowingly offering something, knowing the product is false or with reckless disregard for the truth of what they're saying.
1: We're talking about Jim Baker, the Charlotte, North Carolina televangelist who's already done five years in prison for fraud in the 90s. That's a big hint of what the criminal charge would be, fraud. F-R-A-U-D. Now, we know that he's pushing colloidal silver, the quote, silver solution, all right, to cure coronavirus. He's already gotten a cease and desist order. It's very pricey, and it's aimed at the elderly, and he has been pitching it, On TV, the National Institutes of Health say colloidal silver has no known function or benefits. The New York Attorney General sent Baker the order. The Missouri AG is taking action against him. Now, (laughs) long story short, there are civil lawsuits and there are criminal cases. A criminal case for fraud, knowing fraud, it's a white-collar crime, could be brought and there could be probably a a slap on the wrist for that like about five years now there's another guy you may know his name a conspiracy theorist Alex Jones has somehow landed in the middle of the coronavirus debacle I want you to take a listen to this
3: Officials are warning the public not to fall for fake cures peddled by some companies and individuals possibly trying to scam consumers with their claims. Earlier this week, the FTC and FDA issued warnings to seven companies accused of selling unapproved or misbranded products claiming they can treat or cure COVID-19 with teas, essential oils and colloidal silver. Televangelist Jim Baker received one such warning for offering an $80 silver solution he advertised as a treatment for coronavirus, even though there is not yet a known vaccine. And conspiracy theorist Alex Jones received a cease and desist letter for hawking unproven products from New York Attorney General Letitia James, one of several she and other state's attorneys general have issued in recent days to people they say are selling unproven products.
1: You were just hearing our friends over at ABC. That was news correspondent Will Reeve speaking. What we are learning right now is that conspiracy theorists, the one that says Sandy Hook never happened, I think, isn't that him? Alex Jones has been told to stop selling anti-coronavirus toothpaste. Mr. Jones, using his radio show and website to promote conspiracy theories, now falsely claiming his products can fight the virus. The New York State attorney jumped in, issued a cease and desist order on Alex Jones. So what do we know about his claims? Straight out to Dave Matt, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. What is he claiming? He
2: actually claims, Nancy, that uh, the silver-infused toothpaste, mouthwash, creams, and other dietary supplements actually are a stopgate against the virus. That's what he's Hold on. actually whoa, whoa, claiming. Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. A stop. Gate. Okay, go ahead. I just had to write that down. His super yeah. blue, super blue brand of toothpaste ki- quote kills the whole SARS Corona family at point blank range. Super blue. I mean, really? I, I guess you know. H- hold on, Dave. I'm circling right back to you, but I need to shrink. And I happen to have renowned psychologist. Karen Stark. Karen Stark, when people are desperate, they'll do anything. They will do anything to protect themselves or their families. And this is a perfect time for fraudsters to jump in. Alex Jones, according to the attorney general, their words, not mine, made a series of claims that his products could act as a stopgate, as Dave Mack reports, against coronavirus. Super blue brand of toothpaste. There are currently no products, vaccines, or drugs approved to treat coronavirus. Karen, what's going through everybody's minds? People are desperate and vulnerable, Nancy, and when you
6: think about, you know, what's popular out
1: there, they're, they're desperate for a cure
6: and they don't research. A lot of times there's a product that everybody's buying and they're only buying it because they see other people are buying it And they get influenced. Well, if other people are buying it, it must be good. So if it's this guy, and we've heard about him, and he's saying it's a cure, well, and people are buying it, I better do it because I'm terrified. And that's exactly what's happening. They're taking advantage of everyone's fear and vulnerability and offering these
1: products that will not make a bit of a difference just to get money. I would use the phrase monetizing fear. Making money off people's fear. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, did I ever get the chance to say thank you for joining us here on SiriusXM XM 111 at a time when we are all trying to pull together. asking for heaven for guidance, trying to do the right thing. We have fraudsters, taking advantage of those most vulnerable. In the last hours, we learned conspiracy theorist and radio star Alex Jones has been told to stop selling his fake anti-coronavirus toothpaste. It's called Super Blue. We know that sham products from dietary supplements, uh, foods, medical devices, vaccines, door-to-door coronavirus testing, They're everywhere right now. They're on Amazon. They're on eBay. They're knocking on your door. Knock, knock, knock. Can I test you for coronavirus? It has presented people like Mr. Jones with an opportunity to monetize fear. According to Letitia James, the state AG, who issued an order against Jones on Thursday, while people are literally dying While they're crowding the halls of hospitals, while their loved ones are trying to breathe, other people are making money off that fear. I worked for a while at the Federal Trade Commission in their antitrust and consumer protection divisions. And for a product to go on the market, a drug product, it has to be undergo multiple double-blind tests. In other words, double-blind, one group gets the product, one group gets placebos. You have to go through multiple tests like that to prove they really work. Uh, this is so disappointing that people are taking advantage of those suffering. Dave Mack, what more can you tell me about Super Blue?
2: Alex Jones has claimed that his Super Blue toothpaste, he actually said this on his show it- Kills the whole SARS-Corona family at point-blank range. There's no vague area here. This is a very direct claim. And as you mentioned, he has a very devoted, loyal audience that believe a lot of the garbage he spews. And that's why there's a crackdown on him, because this guy's money doesn't come from advertisers on his show. It comes from him selling these types of products. He has a whole line of of garbage products that are of questionable use
1: well here's a question um his claims obviously are false but do you believe out to cloyd's tiger he will obey the cease and desist order
5: i would think not i mean these guys are snake oil salesmen and they'll uh, get every dime they can before they're physically forced by the law to do something it's just that uh, like you said, it's outrageous monetary, monetizing fear.
1: You know, to Dave Mack, doesn't he still say Sandy Hook didn't happen? The mass shooting.
2: Nancy, I, my understanding is that he, he claims uh, that he that yes, he says something happened to Sandy Hook that is not what was reported in the media.
1: When all the children were killed. Then we know of Matt Colvin stockpiling 18,000 bottles of hand sanitizer trying to tick up the price up to $70 a bottle that's clearly price gouging. To Dave Matt, what can you tell me about Matt Calvin?
2: But these Tennessee brothers, Matt Calvin and his brother saw the pandemic coming. And so what they did in Tennessee is they went around and started buying up hand sanitizers uh throughout all their local stores and then spread out from there and ended up even going into kentucky and they amassed i at least twenty thousand uh uh things of uh, hand sanitizers and they were selling them online and a tube a a container that would go for a dollar retail was selling for 75 80 bucks online before they finally uh, the, you know, they got caught on to and uh, Amazon shut them down and they were stuck with 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizer. But still, they're still being looked into. And, you you know, you, you guys are the lawyers, not me. They're still looking at possible charges uh, for taking advantage of a time as they were trying to do.
1: A guy with 17, nearly 18,000 bottles of hand sanitizer selling them for $75 a pop to... Attorney Wendy Patrick joining us, author of Red Flags. Wendy, what about the possibility? I know that he is now under investigation for price gouging. What could become of that?
4: Well, if he's charged, it's really going to send a message. I mean, price gouging, you have to look at, well, gosh, how far did you raise the price here? They raised an astronomical amount. But you look at the the amount of overage people are charging and saying, hey, can you justify that some other way than clearly being guilty of price gouging? But whether it's price gouging, fraud... Or whatever it is that people are engaging in, once these cases start being charged, I don't care what jurisdiction it is, people are going to pay a lot more attention and
0: certainly be a lot more careful
4: about what they try to get away with online.
0: Well, speaking of price gouging, listen to this. Deputies arrested eight people for it. They say those who are profiting from people's fear will be prosecuted.
5: 10-pack uh, of toilet paper for, uh, believe it was
0: $100. Toilet paper, gloves, and other cleaning supplies, now evidence in a criminal investigation after people tried selling the items for up to 20 times their regular retail price. The San Diego Sheriff's substation in Fallbrook arrested eight people for price gouging. Deputies say they found them selling the items online met them in a public place, acting as buyers.
3: Then they were uh, placed under arrest.
0: The individuals were cited and released, but face up to one year in prison and could be fined up to $10,000. According to the district attorney, it's illegal to increase prices for essential goods by more than 10% during a declared state of emergency. Items like these N95 masks, which normally run about $2 each.
5: He was selling 26 of those for about $210.
0: Wow, you're hearing Fox 5 San Diego News
1: reporter Justina Myers and more from Justina on price gouging.
0: Guys, you got to watch out. Listen to Justina Myers. The rise in price gouging comes as grocery store shelves are wiped clean.
4: People buying out of control. They don't even know what they're buying. They're just buying.
0: FACETIMING BEFORE HER SHIFT OUT RALPH'S IN BONITA, SALES MANAGER Esther Lopez SAYS SUPPLY WOULDN'T BE A PROBLEM IF SHOPPERS DIDN'T CREATE ONE. SHE'S WORRIED ABOUT THOSE WHO ARE DESPERATE WHO MIGHT FALL VICTIM TO EXCESSIVE PRICES IF THEY CAN'T FIND IT AT THE STORE.
6: THE PEOPLE WHO CAN'T COME IN HERE ON THEIR OWN WHO HAVE SOME HEALTH PROBLEMS,
4: SO PLEASE STOP doing this.
0: Independent grocery stores are also seeing the stockpiling. Yeah, the shelves are pretty empty. Co-owner of Staley Farms Market in Kensington, reminding shoppers to only take what they need. Half a gallon of milk or one thing of cheese rather than nine. Um, So we are experiencing that overload panic, uh, purchase buying and that has hurt the supplies. As for law enforcement, they have a strong message for those looking to line their pockets during this pandemic.
3: You take advantage. Um, we're going to seek you out.
1: Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here. We have all worked so hard to bring to you, don't be a victim, fighting back against America's crime wave. A brand new book. After interviewing literally hundreds of crime victims and police, we put our knowledge into Don't Be a Victim. You can pre-order now. Go to CrimeOnline.com, pre-order now, and know that portions of our proceeds goes to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. (laughs) Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. There are also reports of door-to-door coronavirus sales kits. Let me tell you, there are no door-to-door sales kits for coronavirus. People are waiting four or five more hours in line for drive-through coronavirus testing. So nobody is bringing you a coronavirus kit to your door. What that is is a distraction robbery attempt. They start talking to you about coronavirus and then they stick their foot in your door and strong arm rob you or worse. Or they might try to be they may be trying to get your vital information like your credit card, your DOB, your social security. Who knows what they're trying to get and then get, leave, give you an empty box. That's what that is. Don't fall for it. But that's really just the tip of the iceberg. Take a listen to our friends at WDJT, Milwaukee CBS, Shirley Discorbeth.
4: The shelter here at Sojourner Family Peace Center is open for victims of domestic violence. Staff here say they're actually seeing an increase in calls for help. Majority of the programs here at Sojourner Family Peace Center are now remote or over email. However, two of the most critical programs remain open, the shelter and the 24-hour hotline. The courthouse advocacy program is also open. They're still processing restraining orders. ADVOCATES SAY EVEN DURING THIS CRISIS, DOMESTIC VIOLENCE CONTINUES TO BE AN ISSUE.
1: VIOLENCE NEVER STOPS AND THAT IN TIMES OF STRESS, DOMESTIC VIOLENCE ABSOLUTELY GOES UP IN PEOPLE'S LIVES. WE ALL WANT TO MAINTAIN SOME SORT OF CONTROL IN OUR LIVES IN TIMES OF CRISIS. ALL OF US ARE FEELING STRESSED. THAT COULD BE, YOU KNOW, WE WANT TO GO TO THE GROCERY STORE, STOCK UP ON groceries. SOME PEOPLE EXERCISE CONTROL IN DIFFERENT WAYS.
4: For victims of domestic violence, going to work can be their only respite. But for many people, that's not an option right now.
1: Domestic violence is on a stark and drastic rise during coronavirus scares people are staying in. To Wendy Patrick, California prosecutor, author Red Flags, explain. Explain, why is domestic violence now a major concern?
4: It's a major concern, Nancy, because it's a scenario where the danger is inside your home. Domestic violence victims often find a respite by going to work, staying at work late, lingering at the grocery store, things they can't do right now. You know, when we request the public to shelter in place, we assume a safe place to hunker down and weather the storm. But domestic violence victims are not safe at home. And they may have abusers that are threatening what's going to happen if they d- dare to go out. They'll be locked out. They'll get sick. They don't want to go to a shelter because they're worried about overcrowding and not an opportunity to social distance. That's the same reason sometimes even if they're injured, they don't want to go to an emergency room. They would probably rather, in the words of some of them, suffer a physical injury than get the coronavirus. It's a horrible scenario, but it is exactly made easier by some of these domestic violence hotlines offering all sorts of ways to contact them, whether it's on the phone, whether it's on email, or however they can get at least some access to knowing what help is available during this difficult
1: time. Take a listen to reporter Therese Appel at WLBT-NBC3. Every year, domestic violence peaks at certain times, and there are some very standard factors a lot of family members in close proximity, stress over finances, stir crazy children. Police usually see the highest numbers of domestic violence calls during the holidays, but summer, when children are out of school, is also a time to watch. Now families are staying home instead of going to school, work, or church because of the dangers of coronavirus. Sandy Middleton, director of the Mississippi Center for Prevention of Violence, says some homes could be at risk. Daycares are closed. I mean, schools are closed. A lot of people aren't going to work. So even if we don't get to a pure quarantine situation, we're still talking about a lot of people being piled in together in homes. Rankin County Chief Investigator Brett McAlpin says NC children can also contribute to stress in the home.
5: They want to go outside. They want to see their friends and things like that. And, and, and if we're to have this, this quarantine situation, we're not going to, that's not going to be possible.
1: We are now learning that a mother in Utah attacks her husband and children. To Dave Mack, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, what happened?
2: Jessica Cambry from, uh, in Pro- Provo, Utah, Nancy, apparently uh, just lost it when she realized that her boys uh, were going to be at home and that they weren't going to be allowed to go to school, they weren't going to be able to go out. Uh, At 36 years old, she actually just exploded on the family. She started attacking her husband. Um, When one of the boys tried to get her off the husband, um, she kicks the 12-year-old boy and and twists the arm of another one. It was an all-out fray with this uh, 36-year-old mom who just lost it when she realized the kids were going to be underfoot and in the house, and she couldn't get away from anybody.
1: 36-year-old Jessica Cambray, Provo, Utah, just arrested over claim she attacked the fiancé, tried to choke him, kicked one of the boys, twisted another one's arms. Why? Upset her children would not be at school attacking them because of the coronavirus school closures. Straight out to Karen Stark, New York psychologist, weigh in. Well, when you think about it,
6: Nancy, and you have people that are unstable, and as we keep saying, frightened, vulnerable. Here's somebody who clearly can't deal with her children being home And no one can predict how long this is even going to last. And so we take this unstable person, obviously not your everyday mother, and she hears about this and completely cannot contain herself, loses herself and attacks everybody
1: 36 year old jessica cambray you know i want to go out to you cloyd steiger this happened a little after midnight as i always told juries nothing good happens after midnight a major blowout over coronavirus after midnight choking her husband police can you imagine Having to say your mom twisted your arm and kicked you and tried to choke your dad when you're trying to help your dad, having to tell the cops that?
5: Yeah, you know, uh, in another life, years and years ago, I was a patrol officer and went to those type of things all the time. Two of my sons right now are Seattle police officers and have to go to work every day. And uh, that's the type of stuff they see, and they can't get away from it. They're exposed. So uh, it's just like you said, like uh, Karen said, people are cooped up and, you know, we have a propensity for that to begin with. It just aggravates the whole thing.
1: Right now, we know she is under arrest. In homes where domestic violence or family violence is a reality, what should a victim do right now to Wendy Patrick?
4: Victims should assess their options. They have family, they have friends, they may have other places to live. It shouldn't be a choice, Nancy, between being physically injured or physically ill. They should take advantage of so many online resources. I mean, there are so many people that are opening their homes, opening their businesses, transforming hotels into shelters. It's changing by the day, so there are options. And the, the very first thing I wanna say when I'm you know, looking at all these victims is, you are not alone. There are many people that are in this circumstance, and there are an increasing amount of people that are stepping up, willing to help you find options, rather than being under this horrific type of house arrest where they're worried about the danger within.
1: Another issue is child abuse. To you, you know, Joe Scott Morgan, you have been in the investigative business for so long. I anticipate a spike in child abuse, and we may never really know about it because children the most vulnerable can't speak out what do you think
5: Uh, yeah and i think that one of the stressors that's involved with this is that you have uh, adults that are caretakers over children that are unstable to begin with many times they're frustrated they can't get out of the house and so uh, they're going to take advantage of and they're going to abuse the weakest Person in the house. Uh, this can extend to to the wife uh, as well, physically. But the target here are the children. They're frustrated with them, and to live in an abusive household like this, uh, it means to live in fear. And these children, if they make a wrong sound, if they don't right. don't move quick enough for this individual, great harm can come to.
3: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. From an apartment parking lot, a Cape Coral officer heard panicked cries for help. As he approached the building, the screams grew louder. The officer says he spotted a man later ID'd as Joseph Newell straddling his victim with what appeared to be his hands around her neck. According to Newell's arrest report, he was intoxicated and told them the woman had COVID-19. But in reality, she was six months pregnant.
4: We are getting ready for more calls.
3: Jennifer Benton with the Abuse Counseling and Treatment Center says they're seeing a spike in domestic violence cases that could be linked to coronavirus. Definitely, people are staying home. They're more agitated. The center is open to all looking for help.
2: We have a hotline that operates 24 hours a day. That will continue. Uh, we have three shelters and they're open and they're staffed 24 hours a day. We are here
3: people especially now with growing concerns over covid 19
1: an attack goes down based on belief the false belief that a woman has coronavirus beaten brutally you were just hearing our friend at WbbH TV NBC two Nestor Montoya speaking. We already know that domestic violence and child abuse will rise during quarantines. Also, at-risk people will be neglected. We will see deaths while most Americans are inside their homes watching as worrying, desperate emails, almost screaming fear for unseen victims during the national shutdown. One Florida social worker writing of her fear because of her disabled clients shut in their homes, unable to even go to the bathroom. Child Protective Services fears that families will run out of food, formula, and diapers, die of lack of treatment. You've got parents desperate to work, but all that stress, will it lead to child abuse? In Manhattan, one worker says... They are drowning, trying to get food and supplies to homeless people. Right now, while most eyes are focused on hospitals and the ill, what about the unseen victims? Welcome back. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. There was an outright war at a Brooklyn Costco Another at a Sam's Club in Georgia, but a hate crime? Take a listen to this.
4: An Asian woman was punched in the face in Midtown and what's being investigated as a possible coronavirus-related bias attack. Yes, the NYPD responded to this reported assault at a building on West 34th Street. A 23-year-old woman told officers she was punched in the face by a woman who also made anti-Asian slurs before leaving the scene. SHE WAS TAKEN TO THE HOSPITAL IN STABLE CONDITION. POLICE SAY THE TWO WOMEN KNEW EACH OTHER AND ATTEND THE SAME SCHOOL.
5: ZERO TOLERANCE FOR VIOLENCE WITH OUR STUDENTS. Um, WE INVESTIGATED THE SITUATION. THE STUDENT WAS SUSPENDED IMMEDIATELY FOLLOWING THE SITUATION.
4: Now, TODAY ON TWITTER, FIRST LADY SHERLANE MCCRAY TOLD ASIAN-AMERICAN NEW YORKERS THAT YOUR CITY STANDS WITH YOU. GOVERNOR CUOMO HAS DIRECTED THE NEW YORK STATE POLICE HATE CRIMES TASK FORCE TO ASSIST IN THAT INVESTIGATION.
1: You're hearing our friends there at ABC seven, an Asian American hate attack at a Brooklyn Costco. Today, Mac, what happened?
2: At the Brooklyn Costco, Nancy, um, we actually had people that were um, they were doing a buying hoard. You know when uh, people are grabbing up all the toilet paper they can and piling it in their buggies and just grabbing all these items that we see as essential and it just kind of exploded on itself. And this manager who was there, or an employee, he was just trying to get everybody calm. You know, the video that we've seen is cell phone video, and you can hear this guy imploring them, saying, please, we're, we're all in this together. As human beings, we've gotta to come together. He was just trying to calm the situation, and by the way, effectively did calm the situation down. So
1: this is what happened. A brawl breaks out at a Costco amid all the coronavirus tension. There have been multiple altercations, but the attack in a Midtown superstore apparently was a hate attack on an Asian woman. Is that what happened, Dave Mack?
2: 23-year-old Asian woman um, did wasn't wearing a mask, and another woman who goes to school with her at the Empire Beauty School actually saw her outside the school and said, put your mask on, and it escalated to an actual violent physical attack where the one student, who's unnamed right now, was hurling racial epithets and other things at the 23-year-old Asian woman for not wearing her mask. It is being investigated as a now hate Now, that crime. happened
1: in Midtown. What was the store? Do we know?
2: It was on the street. Uh, from my understanding, it was in the street near where they gotcha. both went to
1: school. And so, basically, the Brooklyn Costco incident was what?
2: Right. That's where we had a number of people that were gathered together and— People were grabbing too much toilet paper or paper towels, and uh, uh, just a group of people all kind of met up at the cash register, and there was no, uh, there were no toilet paper rolls left, and people were frustrated that others you know, had their buggies piled up where they couldn't find any for their families. And that's where the argument started. And one thing led to another with people pushing and shoving and banging carts. And that's where the employee or manager was like, look, we're all human beings. You've got to calm down. This is ridiculous. we got to work together on well, this.
1: Well, from Midtown Manhattan to the Costco in Brooklyn to a Sam's Club in Hiram, Georgia, it doesn't seem to be ending. But let's go across the country, where apparently spring breakers aren't concerned about coronavirus. Take a listen to our friends at WPLG Local 10, Terrell Forney.
3: And by now, you've heard all the stories about people skeptical to travel and people avoiding large crowds because they're worried that this virus could be easily transmitted. Well, none of that is happening here on the beach. (laughs) The fun is in full swing on Fort Lauderdale Beach. It's been awesome. Crazy. It's been so much fun though. Where spring breakers from near and far are packing away their worries. Any thought that crossed your mind at all about cancelling? Uh, not really, honestly. (laughs) In fact, Sky 10 captured this view of the coastline, where droves of people can be seen on the sand. Visitors soaking up the sun from Fort Lauderdale down to South Beach, where crowds are just as heavy. This despite the wave of coronavirus scares, sweeping the nation.
0: Yes, we just don't care. I mean, we talk about it all the time, but we can't stop it.
3: No real worries. Um, We're young. We don't really need
0: to worry. Really?
1: They don't need to be worried about coronavirus to Joseph Scott Morgan, Professor, Forensic Jackson State University, Death Investigator, Joe Scott. That's just uh, bass backwards.
5: It's foolish. Absolutely foolish. You know, it was let out early on when we began to suffer from the coronavirus that uh, that the elderly were passing away. Well, that only makes sense because they're the most vulnerable. And unfortunately, people took that to mean that if you're young, you're not going to get it and apparently it applies here because this is stupid, and I'll say it's stupid behavior on their part. Virus can attack anybody at any time. That's why social distancing is so important, and they're doing anything but distancing themselves. Well, at
1: first we thought the young were more, um, less likely to be attacked by coronavirus. I'm not sure that that's true. I want you to take a listen to our friends at WFLA Fox 8. Listen.
3: Breaking news just into our newsroom this morning. The University of Tampa has announced that five students who were traveling together over spring break have now tested positive for coronavirus. UT switched to online classes earlier this week. Residence halls are still open for students that have no other housing options. All others have been sent home. Again, this breaking news, five students now at UT Tested positive for coronavirus.
1: And joining me at the scene from Florida is psychologist Karen Stark. Karen, what are you seeing? Nancy, it it would just
6: blow your mind. It's so upsetting. I see right where I'm staying tons of young people gathering together, barbecuing, laughing, and along the intercoastal, you see boats with crowds of kids on there playing music, singing. It's very frightening because they feel
1: invincible, I guess, and they are not listening to what's being told. You know, it's amazing to me. Karen Stark, so uh, I'm looking at video of young people out twerking and partying on the beach. Is that happening? Yes, except now they've decided to close
6: the beaches. So what's happening that I can see is they're going out on the intercoastal on boats or they're gathering in places where there are pools. They haven't closed the pools yet. And getting together and and making lots of noise, just partying. Partying as though we're off from school. This is the time. We're invincible. We could just have a good time. And they don't seem to understand. There are people here that don't believe that it's real, that think it's a hoax. And it's very hard if you're somebody like me who's social distancing to say, we're social distancing, please stay away from us. So we have to be very careful.
1: Joe Scott, please address the danger of coronavirus and why we are social distancing.
5: Yeah, Nancy, you know, the inter- the thing about this is that, you know, it can't be seen. You don't know where it might be existing. This is a very robust virus We talk about things in science like the surface life of a virus. Some things are fragile. Uh, Coronavirus is not. It's what we refer to as robust. That means that even if someone sneezes on a surface, that virus is not necessarily going to die immediately. There are some studies that have taken it out uh, several days as, as survivable. And so it'll latch on to another host, a viable host, another person that touches that surface. If you're within six feet of an individual and they cough or they sneeze, they've got some kind of upper respiratory problem, then that's gonna transfer onto to that person. Then they touch their face. It is absolutely essential that people distance themselves from one another, wait till the storm passes over. And I can assure you, it will. This is not the bubonic plague. Viruses have a life and you cannot stop it. We can't stop influenza. You know that we go through the flu season. That's why they call it that. We're going to go through the Corona season. It will eventually phase out, but people have to stay away from one another because it's highly contagious.
1: We wait as justice unfolds and our prayers now for a cure for coronavirus. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading.
5: We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA.
1: He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed.
2: (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA
3: wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road.